A while ago, Caitlin, our colleague Adam Davidson, he came into our weekly story meeting with an idea. Let's make a T-shirt. Let's make a Planet Money T-shirt. But let's not go to whatever catalog it is that public radio shows go to to order their T-shirts. Let's buy cotton. Let's bring that cotton to a spinning mill. Let's take the yarn that comes out of it and take it to wherever they take it to sew it into a textile. Then let's take that textile and turn it into a shirt, then get it printed with the Planet Money logo or some kind of image. Let's make a T-shirt. And what we can do is sell the thing for money, but also tell our listeners all along the way how we're making this T-shirt. He got this idea partly from this great book, The Travels of a T-Shirt in the Global Economy by Pietro Rivoli. The T-shirt, it turns out, is this great lens to look at the world economy. Every T-shirt you own has in some way or other been touched probably by dozens of different countries, that the raw material has moved all over the world, finding either the the cheapest labor or a nice trade deal or whatever it might be, that every T-shirt you wear tells the story of this economy that we all live in. The other interesting thing about T-shirts, pretty much every country as it climbs the ladder of development goes through what you could call a T-shirt phase. You know, England was one of the first countries to industrialize apparel manufacturing. We went through our own clothing and T-shirt phase here in America. Japan, Korea, China, they've all gone through a garment apparel phase. And now apparel manufacturing is moving to countries in South America and South Asia. The reason T-shirts have been so successful as that kind of first toehold in a new country is that it's very easy to make a T-shirt. The the kind of knit fabric that, that a T-shirt is made of is very forgiving. It doesn't require a lot of technical expertise. You could take a box full of used sewing machines, go anywhere in the world, and turn very poorly educated farmers into very poorly paid T-shirt makers very quickly. And this changes everything. This T-shirt phase changes countries in really huge ways. In the long run, it's often the first step in a country's growing prosperity. The simple industrialization leads to more complicated industrialization, which often leads to greater wealth. But with the T-shirt phase, when you're in it, you get episodes like what just happened in Bangladesh, a very new entrant into the world of apparel manufacturing. They just suffered one of the worst accidents in the history of the garment industry. Over 350 people died in the collapse of a factory that was making clothes. Here in this country, during our T-shirt phase, we had the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, which burned down in 1911, one of the worst industrial accidents in our history. And even leaving aside disasters like this, garment industry work is hard, long hours, really low wages. And we're connected to these people, the people that make the clothes that we wear. And we're hoping that with this project, we'll learn about their lives. I always remember being at a T-shirt factory in China and talking to these two young women around 20 who um, they were telling, I was asking them, what do you think of the job? And they were saying, oh, it's awful. It's so boring. I just sit there all day. It's so boring. Um, and I said, oh, do you, so do you wish you didn't have the job? And they just laughed at me. And they were telling me what they have that their mother doesn't have. And both of them were from this village. They both come from um, duck farms. Their parents raised ducks. And they said, oh, have you ever spent time with ducks? Ducks are awful. And one of the girls really wanted to contrast her life to her mother's. She said her mother has never had a day off in her life. Her mother has never bought makeup. Her mother has never worn any clothes other than that kind of Mao suit. And she only has one of them. And this young woman said that 
She goes to the mall every Sunday. She does have Sundays off. She buys cosmetics. She hangs out with her friends. She has a really fun day. And that Sunday, that that weekend of one day, was sort of enough to her to make up for that week of drudgery, which was not quite as much drudgery as working at home on a duck farm. And she had this plan that she was going to save up enough money, as most Chinese workers do, save an immense amount of money, and go back home and open a little shop where she could take care of her parents. And it really helped me understand that looking at her life through my lens, clearly she just has an awful life, and there's no reason we should accept subpar construction or anything like that. But it also made me understand that in her context, this was a revolution. This was going from the Middle Ages to maybe not the 21st century, maybe not even the 20th century, but certainly the 19th century. You know, how do we at Planet Money learn about stuff? Well, the best way is to actually do it. So let's go into the T-shirt making business and let's learn what it has to tell us. So, Adam, when you laid all that out in the meeting, we all thought, this is great. Let's do it. There's one thing we should say, though, Caitlin. The one thing that we have not mentioned yet. That meeting where you came in and made that big pitch and we got all excited about this idea, that meeting was three years ago today. <laughs> it was in 2010. And we then proceeded to do literally everything wrong. <laughs> exactly. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Caitlin Kenny. Today on the show, we officially launched this project that has been three years in the making. We tell you how you can be a part of it, and we explain what took us so long. And I say hi, it's a beautiful day, and I'm starting to feel a lot better. So wake up, wake up, t-shirt weather. So Caitlin, let's start by tackling this question that might be on the minds of some longtime Planet Money listeners. What is the holdup? <laughs> you know, you've been talking about this project for a long time now. And well... There were some mistakes in the beginning. So being pragmatic people, we thought, well, T-shirt, what does it start with? It starts with cotton. 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 So we flew Hana to Texas, and she actually bought two bales of cotton. She found out how much cotton you need. So now we have two bales of cotton. And we're like, awesome. We're on our way. Like, we're just like the big boys do it. We buy the cotton. And now, now, we now all we have somebody... to do is get it into a T-shirt. Well, that's what we thought, at least. The next part of the process was to spin the cotton into yarn. And this is where things started to get complicated. The spinners wanted nothing to do with our two dinky bales of cotton. They don't deal with two bales, more like 50 bales, more like basically train loads. If you have a whole train of cotton, then they'll talk to you. And they didn't really know what to do with us. And we also couldn't answer these questions that they had, like how long is the average fiber in our bales of cotton? How thick how big is the hole inside the fiber? Basically, cotton comes in all sorts of different categories, and we couldn't answer any of these questions. Finally, though, Adam did find one spinner that would agree to work with us, but only on one condition. You have to pay us to clean the entire mill because your cotton will have polluted it. We need <laughs> very specific <laughs> categories of cotton, and your cotton will have polluted ours. And I remember we had conversations about, like, how much is it going to cost to clean their mill, right? Like, it was a pretty big price tag. <laughs> it was right? a pretty big price tag. Yeah. And I remember, like, having these conversations and being like, oh, my goodness, we are so, so stupid. We are so naive. <laughs> Pretty much everything fell apart in this sort of logistics mess. How we were going to get the cotton from Texas to North Carolina? Would we rent a U-Haul? David Kestebaum actually drew a diagram about how much space the cotton would take up in a box truck. We were looking on 
Google Maps to try to figure out the routes. It was it was we needed help. Yeah, it was clear we weren't going to get this done by ourselves. We are just public radio reporters and producers. We don't know how to do this. So we started calling the people who do. We talked to all these experts about the process and how it works. We talked to lots and lots of folks, including a bunch of people at this one company, Jockey. So Jockey, when it comes to T-shirts, is sort of the opposite of of us. (laughs) They manufacture 100,000 T-shirts a day, 25 million T-shirts a year. And they know what they're doing. And they told us, you know, well, you I guess you could get the two bales of cotton and do it that way, but it's probably not going to work. You know, we could help you. So we had a couple of meetings with them, and we basically decided let's just piggyback on their supply chain. So we're going to pay a typical wholesale rate for the shirts, and they're going to help us choose where the shirt should be made, which factories we should use, where the fabric should come from. And we're going to talk to people all along the way about the process. We're hoping to follow the entire chain from where the cotton is grown to where it's spun into yarn to where the yarn is turned into fabric and to where the fabric is cut and sewn into the shirts. We're going to get on the cargo boats that will bring our shirts from where they're manufactured to ports in Florida and South Carolina. And what Jockey and pretty much everyone else we talked to told us was we were doing this entirely backwards. You don't start with the cotton. You start with what do you want your shirt to look like, to feel like, to fit like, The first step in creating a T-shirt is figuring that out. And so that also turned out to be not an easy question to answer, something we really struggled with. We wanted the shirt to capture the essence of planet money. But what is the essence of planet money, right? It's something that's really personal to all of us. And the advice I got was that we as a staff should just have this meeting, a a fairly sort of new agey meeting, where we would discuss this question, what is our essence What do we want people to think about and feel when they think of Planet Money? And then during this meeting, we would try to come up with images that represented that essence. It was so stressful. (laughs) Our own David Kestenbaum expressing, I think, the feeling that we all had that day. It was like, what, a three-hour meeting, I think? Oh, my God. It went on and on. And we had so many ideas. They were just all over the place. One, Planet Money in different languages. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of like Life's a Beach in Spanish, <laughs> Italian, you know, on your T-shirt. Uh, invisible hand. I don't know how you draw an invisible hand. Uh, I did like that one. Oh, here's one. Number 21. Planet money written artistically. <laughs> <laughs> and then, actually, here we get down to it. 57. I'll just read you the ones leading up to it because it's kind of reveals the stream of consciousness that led to what we finally settled on. 57 turtle, 58 squirrel, 59 squirrel ghost, 60 squirrel with martini glass. That's right. Squirrel with a martini glass. That is what we settled on. Not joking. And I know it doesn't scream planet money. It doesn't even whisper planet money, really. But when we were talking about our essence, a word that came up over and over was accessible. Like, you know, we're talking about this complicated financial stuff that can be sort of scary, but we want it to be friendly and accessible. And another word that came up is fun. We we try to make the show fun. And, you know, squirrels, they're not very frightening. They're accessible little creatures and fun. Well, you know, martinis are fun. There was one other thing, though, about this design, sort of an added hidden bonus. It may help to know that a few spots up 45, we had animal spirits, parentheses, visual pun, like bear drinking vodka, bear ghost, animal ghost. <laughs> oh, that's where the ghost came from. Animal spirits. That's a term coined by John Maynard Keynes, famous economist. And it has to do with intangible human feelings 
that govern our economic behavior. Keynes's idea was that there's more to the markets than just numbers. There are people and emotions making decisions. And I feel like to the extent that we are finding the human element in the very dry subject of economics, it's actually perfect for us. So we had the concept for our graphic, and we got this professional designer to execute the, the concept to make this beautiful drawing. And then we had this moment of truth. We had to show our graphic to Jockey, to the professionals. And one of the guys who'd been helping us at Jockey was this guy, Sean Radford. He's the director of men's design. And he's a really sweet guy, but he's a pretty fancy designer guy. His whole job is to be aware of trends and the latest fashion. We're a little intimidated. What if he hated it or thought it was stupid? I really didn't think we could handle another meeting like that. The first one was just too intense. So we sent him off the image, and then we called him back to hear what he thought. Yes, I have missed the squirrel lying on my desk. All right. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's very cute. Um, I, I wanted to know what the, the significance of the design was, because a squirrel with a, a martini glass in his hand was a little unusual. Sean told us he was expecting it to be a little bit more corporate, maybe with the words Planet Money on it, for example, or maybe NPR. And we explained to him our reasoning, how we came up with this, and we wanted to sort of just make a T-shirt that just looked and felt cool like any apparel company would. And then we also talked about the whole visual pun, animal spirits thing. Luckily for us, Sean was on board. I think it could, it's going to look very, very cute. All right. Cute. It would could you... be a disaster. <laughs> We don't do these So, Sean, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I want you to answer totally honestly. Yes. Would you wear a T-shirt with that design on it? Yes, I would, if it was in the correct colors, because it's a really cool T-shirt of the unexpected. I'm here to assure you the colors are correct, because Sean helped us pick them himself. Lantern gray with tropical green. That's the men's. The women's is a sheer rose T-shirt with a faded violet squirrel print. So now the only question left... Literally, we are going to start production on the T-shirts days or weeks after we get the answer to this question. The question is, how many T-shirts do we need? And this is where we need all of you guys. All of you listening right now, do you want a Planet Money T-shirt? If the answer is yes, go to Kickstarter right now. Kickstarter.com and search for Planet Money. Kickstarter, you may know, is this crowdfunding website. It's a place where people can back all kinds of projects like ours. And it was actually a very convenient way for us to figure out how many T-shirts we need and also to raise the money to pay Jockey for those T-shirts. So for $25, you can get your very own Planet Money T-shirt. And after you pay, you can choose men's or women's and select your size. And the money is going to go to cover the cost of the shirts to pay Jackie and also to cover the cost of our reporting on this project because we're going to do a lot of traveling. Oh, and Caitlin, we forgot this really important part about this T-shirt. Oh, yeah. It's going to have this code on the back where you can scan it with your smartphone and it will take you to this page where your T-shirt will tell you the story of its own creation. It'll be talking about where it came from. You'll be able to see the pictures of the cotton pictures of where the yarn was spun, of where the factories, where the shirt was made, all right there on your phone or on your computer. We think it's the most technologically advanced t-shirt in public radio history. And I say hi, it's a beautiful day, and I'm starting to feel a lot better, so wake up, wake up, it's t-shirt weather. 
As always, we want to know what you thought of today's show. And of course, if you want to get the shirt, go to Kickstarter and find our project page. You can see this really cool video that we made explaining what the project's all about. We had a lot of fun with it. It involved 50 pounds of used T-shirts. Also, if you want to actually see what our squirrel graphic looks like, it's up there on our Kickstarter page as well. We'll also post a link to the Kickstarter page on our blog, npr.org slash money or planetmoney.com. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Caitlin Kenny. Thanks for listening. It's t-shirt weather, it's t-shirt weather